Trendy is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Welcome back to Trendy, where we like to explore the best ways to wager for casual cappers. Last week, Dave Damashek was in the hot seat, and he came through with a 21.2 to 19.5 victory. Came down to the London game, where I failed his Jags money line, but it came through for him, and he got the win. I'd like to congratulate uh, Dave. I'm sure I will never hear the end of it, mainly because Dave has yet to ever complete a thought. It was the first week uh, both... The guests and myself beat the juice, though, so we are showing progress here. Now it's a new week, and we have a new competitor. Let's welcome to the show the one, the only, and I'm convinced he's the only because nobody else would ever go by the name of Eddie Spaghetti. How are you today, Eddie? I'm I'm great, Toby. Thank you for bringing me on here. And I have to say, before we get into anything, I love the show. I'm glad to be on here. It's just a great idea. Uh, I've been obviously producing, listening to it for the few, first few weeks, and it's been great. But uh, yes, my name is Eddie Spaghetti. You know that that was because of Dave, right? I do. And I did want to ask you, this is one of my questions. Like, I, I write your paychecks every week, and they are not out to Mr. Spaghetti. You have That's a right. legal name of Eddie Murphy, obviously not that Eddie Murphy as well. So do you like the name Eddie Spaghetti? I probably should have asked you four years ago, but let me ask you on the air now. Well, yeah, growing up, me and my, my uh, documented uh, legal name, Edward Murphy, is my dad's name, my grandfather's name. So the shortened it to Eddie um they they got like murph my brother got murph my dad gets called murph for some reason the murph part just skipped me no one ever called me murph so i was like okay <laughs> so i'm just eddie so i showed up to the nfl uh 2016 for the new gig out in la and um you know the podcast group a lot of great people down jeremiah's on there they're around the nfl guys are great a bunch of great people and then and dave obviously as well so i kind of knew dave i like dave's show and um obviously everyone knows the story that i started working with him but he would give everyone in that group nicknames so i know there was a, our friend arjuna he would call him june bug and there was a, a a guy named david uh lara and he was like lara he would just like scream <laughs> that out so because my name's eddie murphy he's like well we can't call you eddie murphy because it's just that's insane so he wanted to give it a food name and he would call me um eddie spaghetti so the two producers for the Dave Damashek football program were um, Emma VP for MVP and Eddie Spaghetti. So that's the origin of the that, that name. Wow. Okay. So uh, basically you started in your 20s. You were tortured into giving a pasta-esque nickname, and yet you're still working with me and Dave all these years later. So either you do like it or you are a glutton for punishment. It's it's fine. I mean, growing up like uh, elementary school, middle school, people would always like Eddie Murphy. They'd always make the jokes. High school a little bit. Uh, but I went to a nerd school, so not really. And then once you get into college, college is the first time where people were like, yeah, we don't care. Like it was just so big and nobody cared about what you were called. So uh, I kind of escaped. It. And then, yeah, you're right. Like right after I graduate, I got a job. It's it's back to a new nickname. People teasing my name, but uh, I I'm I'm fine with it. People now just call me spaghetti, spaghetti. Like I'm just used to it. So uh, fine with me. 
All right. Well, I will continue to do so there with a clean conscience. Because if you said I hated it, I was going to feel real bad for a real long time. Uh, so I get this question quite a bit. I think a lot of us get this question quite a bit uh, that I get to talk to a mic and um, pontificate about sports for a living. And it's how did you get this job? And so, like, Eddie, I, my story is completely uh, – you, you can't replicate my story, and I'll share it one day at some point in time. But you, you joined the NFL Network at 2016. Were you fresh out of college? How did you find your getting into the profession man so i guess at the certain age i'm not sure when it was and i was like oh so i guess i'm not going to play in the nfl um i was like <laughs> what's what's my backup option here well i like sports i watch sports i listen to sports um it was basically all i consumed so i was like it makes sense to do something in that field and um i you know was lucky enough to make uh, Boston University, which has a pretty prestigious communications program. Howard Stern, obviously, is a notable person that went to that school and he made the radio station pretty, pretty famous. So I did radio shows there. I did TV shows there, too. But I liked radio more. Um, I always remember there was a day where my uh, partner, still one of my close friends, was running late. And um, it was like a Monday morning show. It was it was easy. I had to you know, recap all um, Sunday NFL games, but I was, I remember in my head thinking like, don't pull the, the Mike Francesa and give like the very long delayed pauses on radio. No one's going to want to hear that. And uh, luckily it was only for a segment. I got out of it. I was like, Oh, this is still way more fun than doing like segmented TV where it's very um, it's just not loose. It wasn't my thing. So I always liked, Radio, got the job, uh, got an internship first um, with 98.5 The Sports Hub on Felgram as Boston, then NFL Network or sorry, NFL at Sirius XM Radio. And then that's what kind of got me to uh, my my first job, which was uh, Sirius XM NBA and a little bit on the fantasy side. And then just through connections there, they're like, hey, we know a lot of people that work out in Culver City in Los Angeles um, at the NFL Network. Do you want to work there? At the same time, they uh, on the Mad Dog channel at SiriusXM out in LA, they needed some help too. So it was like perfect. My uh, my now fiance, then girlfriend wanted to also move out here for her job. So it just worked out. And then in 2016, moved out here, got the gig at NFL and SiriusXM. And obviously my connection with Dave, uh, the rest is history. And that's now why I'm sitting right here with you. Yeah. All right. So that is a classic story, right? Like went to college for it, loved doing it, found a break, worked really hard, took uh, some low paying jobs and then yeah. finally caught a way out here. So that that is the classic story. And that is how most people end up in this space. And so you are an inspiration for everybody who likes to ask that question. Now, the reason you're in the seat today, Spaghetti, is you love hockey more than anybody else at the <laughs> Extra Point staff. And we are getting into puck season. So I wanted to bring you on because I don't follow the sport. I, <laughs> I I have a giant blind spot for hockey. I can admit to it. Not ashamed of it. I just have it. Um, and so I don't bet hockey nearly as much as I would like to. So then I bet you there's a couple of more people out there in the world that are definitely looking for more things to gamble on because we're, we're short on options. So can you tell us a little bit about hockey betting? It seems like the puck line and the over-under is impacted by such a, way, a major way by empty nets. How do you like to attack the market overall? That's exactly right. The number one thing is you have to be afraid of the empty netter. So a lot of times you'll see like the, the goal and a half is it's scary because you're giving up that extra. You have to be afraid of like, Hey, are they going to get that and, and ruin the bed there? Um, I, you know, I will say luckily in the last few years of, of you know regular season hockey, Last year, the Boston Bruins, the all-time greatest regular season team, broke the record. You could have just bet them like consistently and you would have won. Same thing happened, but the reverse was like two years ago, uh, and we did this on minus three a lot. 
where the Buffalo Sabres were so bad and they had like an all-time losing streak where it's like you just keep going against the Buffalo Sabres laying the goal and a half, sometimes even like two and a half. So that's the one thing is to obviously like hone in on how prolific of a scoring team uh, that is because if you want to have the the puck line that's a, a goal and a half, you got to feel good about that. I'll get to my bets later on where I have – uh, a lot of bets like that because I feel that confident in the the teams I'm picking or the team I'm going against rather. So I, I will say the number one thing is find the trends in the NHL and they happen. Like you would have been positive on, on, you know, the hurricanes or uh, I'm trying to think other, oh, the Oilers teams that are consistently scoring, you could feel safer about the, the puck and a half, um, the goal and a half. And um, reversely, there's a lot of bottom dollars this year where you could just bet against uh, because they're going to be pretty bad. Another bet I like a lot, and um, for the higher scoring teams is you mostly see like six, six and a half being the total. Um, there are some teams like the Islanders, for example, this is a great team to always bet the unders this year. They have one of the best goalies in the league in Sorokin. He's going to be a Vezina candidate um, and they're just built to win games like two, one, three, two. And I, I and that's like an easy under always because they're not going to score a ton. They're just not built that way. They don't have the uh, super high offensive output, but, um, and it's not a knock on them. They're going to be a good team, but their goaltending is just so great. They'll, they'll probably be hitting the unders. Whereas like a team like my Rangers phenomenal goaltender as well, the Vezina favorite, but they do score more. So you have to be a little weary of that. Now you have a team like the Edmonton Oilers who defense and goalie really isn't their thing. Um, but they have the best player in the world, the best, the ath- best athlete in the world, in my opinion, and Connor McDavid and a guy named Leon Dreisaitl, who would be an MVP candidate every year as well, if it wasn't for uh plank with number 97. So they're going to score four or five goals themselves. So like they're a team that's an easy over. So if yeah. you just follow those trends, like the teams are scoring high, the teams that are barely giving up any goals and have great goaltending and just go the unders there. So there are ways to find it. And I just kind of wait and see how, um, you know, the league shapes up. And like I said, there are always, it's always a trend. The last few years we've always seen one. So that's the couple pointers that I, w- I would follow from my, uh, me being a gambling novice. Yeah, so I mean, like puck line and the under seem like they would just scare the hell out of me every bit. It's not like in baseball. It's like okay, there's two outs in the ninth. We're going to move the fences in a hundred feet. If they did that, you would assume that you know there's going to be more runs at the end and things like that, and that would blow up the bet. So I I don't even know how to stomach that. Like I don't even know how to stomach like watching the game and seeing them pull the goalie and then knowing I've got action on the line. So are there rarer corners that you have a great feel for? Like for me, I obviously host covered in glory uh, with Brett Corominos, and I love to bet things that are outside of the mainstream like corner bets and yellow cards that i feel like are more predictive that come from game script that aren't affected by like this randomization at the end of the match are there like great little dark corners of the hockey rink for you to explore in the prop market that you like to do or are you just like the puck line and the over-unders no, that's a that's a phenomenal question. I'm glad you asked. There is one I do like, and I have been kind of warming up to. Um, has been a, like attempted shots or shots on net, and that's an easy one as well. If you just follow teams and go, okay, what kind of system they're running, and then is that guy getting power play time? If you're getting a guy who's like a first line forward and he's also on the power play then you're going to have a bunch of attempted shots on net. And plus, like if he's a guy that plays near the net too. And so there's a lot of ways you could find that Um, guys that have great wrist shots, guys that want to enter the zone and do that. I I know I brought up Connor McDavid before. He's a guy that's going to shoot the puck a ton. So it's like, if you want to find guys like that, um, you know, Kirill Kaprizov, who's a younger player with a great wrist shot, he's going to be in the mix for the heart, the MVP trophy. Uh, just start to watch games, get the trends, see how they're, you know, how the offense system is running. Obviously, going to be, you know, worried about injuries and stuff 
too, where if a guy if you're betting on con- consistently gets banged up and he's going to miss some time and he comes back slower or sometimes coaches are a little, um, you know, uh, quick to pull guys from the special teams, which is something you don't like to see too. But if a team is consistently putting a guy on the first power play line and he's playing top six minutes, um, I love I love to find the guys who are shooting the puck the most. That's a bet that I really, really like. Uh, att- attempted shots on that. It's a great one. Okay. All right. That that one makes sense to me. So that one I'm going to dig into. In fact, I actually looked up one earlier today. I didn't end up using it on the show, so let me try it on you. Uh, Latang on Pittsburgh, under two and a half shots, was minus 103. Uh, I just looked at the stats last year to start the year in October. He was averaging less than two shots a game. He seemed to pick up steam in March where he started averaging over three shots a game, but he's also 36 years old. I don't know if that age starts cutting into ice time or your ability to contribute on the power play. That one was close to a coin flip and looked like a good number for me on opening night. That's an interesting one because last year I would have said he's probably going to go over because he was their power play quarterback. Um, he was the guy that was playing first pairing, you know, minutes, obviously he's always on the, like, he's always playing far, first on the power play. He's always going to be, and he's playing with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, just two of the grades. So he's going to have uh, offensive opportunities, even being a defenseman, but then they go and bring in this guy named Eric Carlson who has been one of the best defense in the league for the, you know, last, you know, X amount of years. So I'm actually interested to see if Carlson kind of takes that spot away from Latang. So I, the under, you know, obviously early in the season, really like the, you know, they don't play as many minutes in the, in the preseason games here. Maybe he's not really right yet. He is injury prone. So they want to like shrink his ice a little bit because of his age. Like you said, this is a guy that plays like 40, 50 games and misses a good chunk of the season too. So I, I actually do like that. The, the thought process of like maybe not playing him a, a ton early on in the season, because this is really the Penguins last playoff push. So I think it does actually factor in with Latang. Um, but I think having a guy like Eric Carlson, they brought in is a one last push. Like I said, he's, he's the guy he's number one, a now. So the under, I, I, I think I'd ride with you on that. Okay. All yeah. right. My first hockey bet. I got Eddie Spaghetti's approval. It's all I really wanted in life. So I feel good. Uh, before we get into today's picks, Eddie, we don't really do a lot of futures on the show because we focus on, you know, game of the day type stuff. But do you have favorite futures bets for hockey this year that as a sharp, you'd like to tell us all to pay attention to? This is going to be boring, but I, I just don't see us in a world, especially with the Oilers, who I think are like the second best odds to win the cup. Um, you know, it's McDavid's going to win the heart again. He's just he's Michael Jordan. He is that good. He's the, it's like if he doesn't win the award, it's one of those things in the writers like, let's give it to somebody else. But the problem, he's so overwhelmingly good and everyone knows. And I, I think the hockey media is a little bit different than. Um, you know, the NBA media or or even uh, MLB of, of certain times, but he's he's just so good. He's just going to – he was over 150 points last year. He'll probably be near there again. The Oilers are getting better as a team, and obviously that kind of correlates to you winning an MVP. Your team has to be good. Um, so I think that's an easy one. I think Vezina, um, you know, coin flip between the two New York goalies, Sorokin and Shesterkin, um, they're easy plays there. If you want to put – they're the two favorites. Um, I think those are easy plays. and. I think if you want to go back to the Oilers, you want a team to win the West and most points in the West. I think it's going to be Edmonton this year. Um, you know, the East is just too difficult to figure out, but that those are the three I feel pretty confident about is if you want to just say Hart, McDavid, best team in the West, Oilers, and uh, and then Vesna between the two, whichever one you like better. Personally, I think 
I, I even though I'm a Rangers fan and I think Shesterkin is is all world, I think the Islanders are just not as good as a team, and they have to rely on Sorokin more. And I think because of that, they, that may give him the edge. So if you wanted me to go against my guy, I would say that. So those are the three kind of futures that I feel really good about um, going forward. But it should be another really fantastic season. All right. Well, uh, here at Trendy, we aren't exactly a hockey program. And here at the Extra Points Network, we do have the 15-minute pregame show. So I'm glad we could combine the two. We just did a 10-minute preseason show with a host who knows nothing about the NHL just with just because Eddie Spaghetti knows so much. So thank you so much for hipping us to that. I am going to get down on some of that features action. And then right after this break from Caesars, we are going to come back and get down on today's action. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit GamblingHelplineMA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, 
We know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, we are back, and we finally are going to talk about some names I can actually pronounce. The hockey ones I gave up on a long time ago. I'm glad Eddie is here to clean that up. So we are going to play heart, head, heater, cred with a fresh slate, 0-0. And Eddie, I made you do all the work in the first segment, so of course I'm going to make you do all the work here. What is your heart pick for Monday? My heart pick is the Green Bay Packers. I have them at, uh, they're getting two points. It's minus 110. Um, It starts, obviously, with Jordan Love. Uh, I love Jordan Love. We're in a weird phase right now, Toby, of like these kind of unheralded NFL quarterbacks. And I understand that he was a a first-round pick. But seeing guys like, you know, Brock Purdy and Jared Goff, who people gave up on, and uh, and even Tua, to an extent, it's it's great to to really see these guys like come to light and be the the kind of shocking us because we're used to being like oh it's going to be Joe Burrow and it's it's like no it's not that uh, his stats have just been so incredibly good uh, he's just so com- like kind of his pass rating is also like in the hundreds like he's just um, he's a guy that the Packers is the reason why they went on from Brett Favre to Rogers to to love and it seems like they're gonna have the guy for another fifteen years there the Raiders they beat up on the Broncos in week one. And since then, uh, I believe they're, they're what? Uh, oh, two and one against the spread. They're not a very good team. I feel like the McDaniels hire was a mistake. I feel like he's not really, the locker room has really bought into him. Uh, I do think Devontae Adams will play, but him being banged up and being questionable isn't great. And I just think the Packers are the more complete team. Uh, I, I do trust their run game to kind of get going. I, I like their weapons on the outside. Uh, so I am going to go with the Packers here, plus two. All right, uh, let's get it out of the way early, Eddie. I am tailing this pick for a lot of the reasons you said. I think they are flat out the better team. I know it's oscillated back and forth who is going to be favored to this match, but the fact that it's settled here on Monday, you're getting two free points for them to come, uh, the Packers to come in and win outright. I love it. Uh, I was going to give it out myself, but then I saw you were giving out, so it became the easiest tail I had. For my heart pick, I am going with the Dodgers run line plus 135 in game two tonight. This is a classic heart pick as I just can't see the mighty Dodgers falling to 2-0 and against this relatively ragtag Diamondback squad, especially after getting drilled 11-2 in the opener. They had eight wins over Arizona during the regular season with only one within one run, and the average margin of victory was almost five runs. So unlike in hockey, I have no problem doing the run line here instead of the money line. Even facing Zach Gellin, I like them to roar back at home, reassert their rightful dominance, allowing me to begin to reassert my rightful dominance in this contest. And the narrative demands that we get Dodgers versus Braves, so I am going to attempt to cash on that narrative all week long. What do you think of the Dodgers tonight, Eddie? I'm I'm with you on that. I, I think that was such an incredibly bad performance. Like right off the bat, it was just, I mean, Kershaw looked lost, couldn't get an out. And it's coming off this comments too. I believe he said that he hates pitching on uh, Saturdays during the day because he likes to watch his college football. It's like, well, you certainly got to that game as quick as you could. So you can go back in the locker room and, and watch <laughs> stuff there. But uh, I am with you. I'm I'm wondering if I should tell this too, because I was just like talking to people watching the game with them. I'm like, there's just no way that the Dodgers are going to go out like in this series like this, like they are the better team, uh, if not the best team going. And um, I, they're going to win this game. They're, I think they're going to win the series too. I think it was just a really, really, really bad game one. It was, I don't know if it was like a jitters or what it was. I mean, maybe curses on his really is the end of his career right now, but um, I, I, I don't see the Diamondbacks having another output like that. 
Okay. Well, you can make a Taylor fail decision uh, in the middle or at the end. You get to choose. You get to hear the rest of my picks. Yeah. I will keep building off of this game, though, for my head pick, where I am I am relying on my boy, Geraldo Perdoma, under .5 hits. But that would be boring because I gave it out all last week. So I'm pairing it with the unknown, something I, I just don't know about. I keep admitting it. But I am diving in as if I am an expert. I am pairing that with Jack Eichel, at least one point, on Tuesday night versus the Kraken. So I just can't quit this Perdoma bet. Uh, I know it was my heater last week, but it just keeps cashing for me. As long as they keep putting him in the lineup, I'm happy to keep walking up to the window. Even in game one, we were just talking about eight out of nine starters got a hit. You want to guess who the exception was? My boy Perdomo, who managed to go 0 for 4 despite that offensive onslaught. And I'm not usually much for public displays of affection, Eddie. I mean, you know me a little bit. It's not really my thing. But let me just say here and now that Perdomo... I love you. I love you. You are paying <laughs> my way through bad wagers every other uh, every other place, and I don't have to redeposit because you keep going over in each game. Um, but it would be boring for me to give him out alone, as I said. So let me dip my toe in the hockey waters. Jack Eichel, one point on opening night. This is all stats. This is why it's a head pit, pick since I've never seen a single minute of his entire career. And it'll be fun to see if I can be profitable on something I don't watch at all. And it seems entirely plausible given how much your eyes deceive you when you watch sports. And you get arrogant about things you watch your entire life. Like, oh, I think I know everything about the NFL or NBA. And then obviously, you know, I don't because I wouldn't be doing this show if I could just hammer the books and, and mm-hmm. own yachts and things like that. Uh, but I don't know anything about this. But Eichel... Uh, nine point nine scored in nine consecutive games to end the last season was a terror throughout the playoffs, at least according to the stats. Led Vegas to the cup. They're unveiling the banner on Tuesday night, and he also this is my favorite part on ESPN. His pitcher looks exactly like if you had AI generate a Street Fighter character with a hockey background. It is truly awesome. Please go check it out. You put all that together, you end up with plus one forty four. And I like to be the only one in America. I am convinced the only one in America currently holding a Perdomo Eichel two-way parlay bet for the opening of this week. Toby, the reason why I did not tell the first Dodgers bet is because I saw this and I was waiting to be convinced. And I'm going <laughs> to, I think you've convinced me you've, you've pooped on Perdomo enough, but I'm now going to add on to the Jack Eichel stuff. We talked about my, my history, BU Jack Eichel also played hockey, college hockey at Boston university. You mentioned obviously the winning the cup, getting the rings, by the way, those rings they have with the top pops off and they have the rink in it. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's um, really cool. Jack Eichel, again, he's a guy that would have been the first overall pick if he was not in the draft with Connor McDavid. And his career was a very strange one early on because he was stuck in Buffalo. They were not very good. And he had this um, this really bad neck injury. And it's a fascinating story that he had this kind of um, I don't want to say like futuristic, but as a surgery that hasn't really been done a lot. And the the one in the past, they've always done kind of limit your abilities to do stuff in this new future more advanced one got him back to where he was and seeing him being able to to skate that way and to to play without having you know fear of injury getting hit um you know this is this guy is in number one center he's going to get the power play time um they're going to be fired up i vegas also be a very good team again this year and uh i would not be shocked they were back in the wcf but for this game I can score a point. I'm I'm with you on that. I'm tailing that bet. I love, I love Jack. There's Let's two of us. Two yep. of us holding the ticket now. I love it. We're starting that, a revolution, Eddie. That that's a great one. But um, I'll, I'll give out mine now. I am going to go back to the NFL to the Packers. Uh, a guy I have on a lot of my fantasy teams, Romeo Dubs. 
he's the guy that I know everyone was kind of hyping up Christian Watson going into this Packers season, but to me, it, it you could already see it that it doesn't even matter if Watson's playing or not. It's this is the guy that Jordan Love feels the most comfortable with. He clearly established a rapport with him in the offseason. So Romeo Dubs over three and a half receptions is minus 174. Uh, Dubs averages about five catches a game. He had nine last week at five the week prior. He's on a hot streak here. And this Raiders defense, which I'll, I'll poop on a little bit more down the road. Um, they're, they've given up, I believe eight passing touchdowns already. And after this game is over, they will be in that thousand passing yards club for uh, passing yards allowed. So I don't really love that Raiders defense whatsoever, but I do love the dubs over. I, I don't see a world where the, the Packers win this game and dubs doesn't have at least four catches. So uh, that's my head pick. All right, another one I like, but I already used my tail. But you and I are seeing the Monday night game the same way. And Dan mm-hmm. Shek and I saw the Monday night game last week, and we cashed a ton of bets against your horrible Giants. So let's go ahead and keep that thing going here on Trendy. Uh, we'll talk more about the Giants later in the week. Don't you worry. You're not getting off that light. Yeah, now lucky me. Now let's get into the heater where we're back on the ice because I know that you are a team that you do not like, and you will be going against them all week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I do – so Chicago Blackhawks, this is where my heaters kind of based around. And they were the big story of this uh, NHL offseason. Obviously, once the Vegas Knights won the cup and got, you know, the, uh, hoisted uh, Lord Stanley and all that jazz. But uh, the Chicago Blackhawks got the first overall pick. I believe they the third uh, best odds or I guess worst odds to get that pick. And this was the draft that you had to get the number one overall pick because this is the second coming of a Conor McDavid, the second coming of a Sidney Crosby, a franchise altering player and Connor Bedard uh, coming from the WHL. So this is a guy that was like touted, like he was told at 15 years old, like you are the next guy, you're the next big thing. So a lot of pressure on him. And this, this Blackhawks team, you know, they obviously had their heyday. They were a dynasty, had some great years. And then, you know, they had some bad years on the ice and off the ice with some allegations and a, a pretty uh, awful scandal. And their Jonathan Taves seems like his career is ending. Uh, Patrick Kane was already, they, they already traded into the Rangers. So all those guys you remember are all gone now. This is the new iteration. This is the guy that's going to be the face of the league in, in years to come along with McDavid. But I'm going against them every single game this week. And why? The first reason, they're all on the road. They're playing at Pittsburgh. They're playing at Boston. And they're playing at Montreal. And before somebody says, wait, spaghetti, Montreal stinks too. I know. But have you ever seen videos of the Bell Center? It's a crazy house. And this is going to be a lot of pressure on a young kid uh, and a young team, a team with not a ton of talent. The team, look, they were just selling off parts to be bad. So um, I really like the, you, if you want to go on the puck line, I'm fine with that, especially with Pittsburgh and Boston. Boston's going to be good again. Like, I know things didn't go the way everyone thought. They they lost in the first round to the Panthers. And obviously Patrice Bergeron, one of the all-time greatest players um, in Boston Bruins history and NHL history, one of the best two-way forwards. He retired, but they still have Pasternak. They still have uh, they still have Brad Marchand. They still have an awesome defense, you know, led by Charlie McAvoy. So I those first two games, the national televised game versus the Penguins. I'm definitely going Penguins as much as it pains me to say this. I hope Damashek doesn't hear this. Uh, and then the next game, the Bruins and going with Hench's Bruins because they're gonna they're gonna beat up on them. They're gonna beat up on most teams this year. And I just think that Montreal at home, it's going to be a, a fired up crowd, a weekend Saturday night game. Like I think Montreal's going to pull it off. So I don't really like Chicago this week uh, at all. They have some of the worst odds in the league to uh, obviously win the Stanley cup, but they might have the lowest point total. So um, Chicago, your time is coming again, but it's just not going to be this week. 
love it. I I don't understand all the hockey and all that stuff, but I do understand fading one team that is going to be under expectations to go through a stretch of time. And so if Bedard is the next uh, Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid or whatever he is, but he has to get his rookie jitters out and they're playing three really tough opponents on the road week one, your logic is flawless to me. And I will be backing you on that. I can't wait. This is so fun. I'm having hockey action down. It's awesome. Um, so I am going to go with a little bit more October baseball. I uh, want to keep betting it before it's gone. And so my heater this week is going to be the Braves run line plus Olsen getting a hit. It's plus 215 tonight and will be somewhere around that number each and every game. And I'm basically running back my Dodgers logic here, uh, but I'm using it all week long this time to juice up my number. Olsen has hits in nine of his last 10, 25 of his last 28, also 15 straight at home. Every number says he's going to continue to get hits. He's crazy consistent. And while Acuna is the headline act, Olsen is the greatest opener in the league, like when Pearl Jam opened for Nirvana and the Red Hot Chili Peppers on New Year's Eve in 1991. I thought about just pairing it with the Braves' money line, but only three of the 14 head-to-head games between the Braves and Phillies this year were settled by one run. And this way, I get over that plus 200 number. I'm going to make three bets on it, and I only need one to turn a profit. So I think I get two. I think I maybe even get three as we continue to rocket towards a Dodgers-Braves series uh, in the pitch clock era, which will make it one of the best baseball series of the last decade. But forget about the pick, Eddie. I did all of that just to set up uh, showing off a little bit of knowledge. Admit it. You've never been more impressed with me in your whole life than me knowing Pearl Jam opened for those guys in 1991 New Year's Eve. That's uh, an all-time show. They were opening, yeah, for the, you said the Peppers, Nirvana, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Alice in Chains, back when uh, Pearl Jam was the little guy on the, on the Seattle scene there. Um, that's, uh, I would do anything to uh, be this age now. <laughs> back in 1991, I would have been uh, negative one years old when they were playing up there. So uh, I would rather be 31. Oh, hey, who knows? You could have been conceived of that show. You would have been extra cool. (laughs) Uh, All right. So uh, one more pick. This is the big money bet, Brett. You're going to have two units on this. What are you giving out for your cred pick today? So I was just mocking the Chicago Blackhawks and saying how bad they are and they're going to lose all these games this week. But I think the cred pick, uh, you know, Connor Bedard is talked about in the highest regard. He's talked about in the likes of Crosby and, and McDavid because he's that good. I don't see how he doesn't score a point versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, it, him to record a point's minus 127. The Pittsburgh Penguins, we talked about this a little bit before, you know, bring in Eric Carlson and Latang. Well, the thing about those guys as defensemen is they're not very good defensively. They're, you know, Eric Carlson is more of a turnstile, yet he'll put up a ton of points. And Dave has been making the joke lately. We want to win games nine to eight. Like, that's what's going to be like. They're going to, they're, and their goaltending isn't that strong um, and has been in recent years, but defensively, they're just not a strong team. Um, Carlson had a huge season, um, you know, to win the, the, the Norris, but his plus minus was atrocious um and these are again these are guys that are always like banged up and they're they're smaller guys there's no really big imposing defensemen i think the little that we've seen bedard play so far with chicago he's always going to be involved and i think chicago would be very very smart to kind of give him the like the jack hughes treatment and on jersey where they took jack hughes first overall and they're like we're gonna stink we're going to play you in the first line. We're going to play you in the first power play unit. And we're just going to keep you out there for as long as possible to get acclimated to this game. And I think if after a couple of years, it finally clicked for Jack Hughes, I think Bedard being the probably superior player is going to learn much more quickly. And I think, but he's going to have to be involved. And I just don't see a way that um, he does not score versus this kind of weak defensive Pittsburgh Penguins team. Okay. 
I trust you on that as well. So I will be looking at that on uh, what I'm putting in my bets tomorrow. Uh, so for me, I'm going to stick to Monday night because I haven't done the Monday night game yet, and I feel obligated to do so. And I already followed you on the Packers, but I have to find another way into the game. And I'm going with Jaden Reed, over 33.5 receiving yards and minus 109. Uh, I have, and I've admitted on the show, just a huge soft spot for over receiving yards bets to secondary receivers. And luckily, Green Bay is nothing but secondary receivers. So with Christian Watson back, the looks might be divided up a little bit more. But I think Watson is going to take more from uh, Dubs than from Reed. And having the safety worrying about Watson's deep threat will create even more room for the rookie Reed to operate. I think he'll sail past this number if he, even if he only gets five to six targets. Uh, Jordan Love loves pushing the ball down the field. He leads the league in dot so far this year. Hey, look at that. That's average depth of target for everybody. So it's when he's uh, not throwing check downs. He's throwing the ball, you know, into that. Like, I talked about this with Damashek last week. Like, I think that 20, 25, 30-yard pass is the most underrated thing there is in football. And loves exploring that space a lot. So it's allowed Reed to average 16.9 yards of reception. He's cleared this mark every game this year, and that includes when Watson came back against the Lions. Plus, the Raiders can't generate a pass rush, leaving way too much time for Love to find his guys. And I I love the fact that I'm going to have two units coming back my way after Reed gets at least three to four catches for about 40, 50 yards uh, this evening. I, I do love that. I, I don't want to spoil my second guess express, but let's just say we're, you know, great minds think alike there. And I guess we're the world. We, we mean you have to wear like the cheese heads tonight. I think we're just rooting for the Packers <laughs> very, very hard here, but I, I'm with you. And I think, again, it just goes back to Jordan love and trusting this offense. And it, it's also strange too. Cause I, I did think that the Raiders uh, drafting like Tyree Wilson, who, I mean, his, like his wingspan's insane and having Max Crosby who may not be on that, like, you know, J, uh, TJ Wad, Bosa, uh, Micah Parsons, pass rush level, but he's like right there. And um, they've just been a real disappointing team, but that's just like the luck of the Chiefs. They have a, a this division full of teams that just can't figure it out. And the Chargers, like I don't even buy into with the with Brand Staley as their head coach, who's a bonehead. Like I just like uh, that's not I, I think tonight you will know, we'll see the Packers actually establish themselves as, you know, a potential playoff team here. So I, I'm with you and I bet 100 percent. Okay. A lot of love this week. And Eddie, you are an agreeable fella. So, um, most of the time, we'll find some things to disagree with as we go through the week. But I love all your bets. You seem to love all mine. Yep. Let's make some money tonight. Uh, let's take a break so our sponsors can make a little bit of money. And then we'll come back to our Second Guest Express and get you out of here. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
All right, Eddie, wrapping up, let's talk about the one that uh, got away that you liked, but not enough to enter into the competition, which therefore makes it almost a lock to hit. Just like me putting Zach Moss on my fantasy bench yesterday because Taylor Mm. came back and him putting up 34 points and me getting none of them. So the second guest express is very much on my mind right now because of fantasy football. What is your pick today? Yeah, well, me and Jen will definitely talk about that. Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor, backfield, um, uh, you know, shares going on in waiver wire uh, tomorrow. But um, my second guess express, and uh, I'm going with the Jordan Love prop at here. I have him at the over 235 and a half passing yards. That's uh, minus 117. I didn't lock it in because there was a game that the uh, the game versus the the Falcons where he had three touchdown passes. His like pass rating was like 150, and he only threw for like 100 and something. He didn't have to do too much. And I think with Aaron Jones, look like he's going to play. I know Dylan has been kind of underwhelming, but it just goes back to me just not really loving this Raiders team and not trusting them. So I do think there's a path for the the Raiders to um, you know they just rely on the run game, the Packers because the Raiders aren't that good. But um, I, I the, but the reason why I did want to put it in there. Uh, 245 yards, 246 yards, 259 yards in three games. And like I said before, Vegas is about to join that 1,000 passing yards allowed club. They've already allowed for eight touchdowns. So you're assuming after this game's completed um, that Vegas is in the 10 plus touchdown uh, allowed range in the 1,000 yard, uh, yard club range there. So um, Jordan Love, I, I love him as a quarterback. He's one of the future stars of this league. He's going to go over that 235 and a half. All right, future star of the league after four starts. Eddie calling a shot early. He's got Bedard out there. He's got Love out there, man. Packers really magic, man. Guys. It's the Packers magic. They have three quarterbacks my entire life. That's, oh, my God. That both makes me feel old and um, very envious of them as a Commanders fan who seems to go through three a season. Uh, so, Jimmy G, interception, minus 142. Seemed too obvious after his three-pick performance last week. He's got six on the year, and it seems likely he'll add to that total on Monday night as he goes through the motions for a really bad team. Like People are going to continue to catch on to how bad this Vegas team actually is. Uh, Green Bay only has four takeaways on the year, though, while the Raiders have just one. Holy hell. And perhaps uh, Devontae Adams will be so good in his revenge game that Jimmy can limit his overall attempts if they could stay close. So I think he turns it over. But after looking at the rest of my picks, which I really like today, this one just fell to the wayside. Uh, so, as I said, we're seeing this game the same way. We'll get the cheese heads on, make, hopefully make some money on the Packers tonight. Now, you already mentioned it. You are the co-host of Waiver Wired here on the network. Besides making fun of me putting Zach Moss on my bench, what else will you and Jen be covering tomorrow? Yeah, that's uh, obviously going to be the big one, him coming back. Um, I think it's a lot of just like, you know, the trends this year we've seen are some quarterbacks that you usually trust or not trusting. Um, you know, we just bought into, uh, you know, Russell Wilson and he kind of have a mediocre game. Is Joe Burrow back because they won this game and the calf injuries healed? So a lot of a lot of that, obviously, the name of the game is waiver wires. Who uh, should you go pick up to hopefully win your leagues? And again, it's just try to find that running back that's getting the most shares. Uh, that's that's another big one, too, is just like, we're all in, we're in a committee NFL right now. And it's, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, $42 million. He comes back and then Zach Moss is like 84% of the snaps. And that's just where the NFL is. So uh, we're going to make a sense of all this like mess that's going on with the committees. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically uh, what me and Jim getting into. Well, hopefully knock on wood too. Um, this is like our first week without like a major injury happening too. We've had to react to a major breaking news, whether it was like the Rogers and then Mike Williams last week. And it's always somebody going down uh, JK Dobbins. So, I think I haven't fully checked, but I think we're across the league. We're doing okay health wise. 
Awesome. So you got that show. You also have Eddie on minus three this week. And of course, the 15 minute pregame show as he continues to make this transition from former intern to future star. Um, where I'm happy to be witness to it as he continues to take off. Uh, we also will have Martin Weiss and Mark Gunnels on Lemon Pepper Parlay. They are back on their own feed uh, midweek to Tuesday or Wednesday, usually. Yes. And then um, there is no Covered in Glory this week, so I don't have to plug it. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. And yeah, you will come back, join us on Wednesday, tally up how we did on Monday and Tuesday, give you a couple more picks as we enter our contest. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoy playoff baseball, the start of hockey, Monday night football. This is truly the, one of the richest and best times on the sports calendar to be wagering and watching. Take care, everyone. 